Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome to All Out War, episode number 167. Happy New Year. We are, this is, uh, it's a, basically solo. It's Turner with a guest in the studio, and I'm going to get to that in just a second. Um, we have, I just want to give everybody a reminder. Uh, we have a Substack that you can subscribe to, and we also have a free feed on that, which will be premiering um, different writings and articles, as well as uh, behind-the-scenes stuff that we were doing in extra long recording sessions with different um, guests. So I have some uh, extra stuff on there with Joseph Jordan. I have some extra stuff on there uh, with the Nephilim or Clowns. And um, we have some just some really good stuff um, that we're going to be doing in the future, as well as some exclusive subscription content. So if you feel generous in the new year and you have it and you're not broke like everyone else that I know, feel free to go ahead and join our Substack and um, check it out. It's just look for All Out War on Substack.com. Uh, we also are available on every podcasting except for uh, YouTube. So we do not we do not post to YouTube any longer because they were taking our stuff down. So whatever's on there is on there. I always get um, little emails and messages from them saying, oh, we decided to take this one down. No reason. It could have been four years old, and it just doesn't matter. So uh, anyways, before we jump into this, um, Seth, I know you're, you're sitting across from me. You're in the studio, which is really awesome. Um, I just wanted to share the story. I saw something on X this morning, uh, aka Twitter, and I just, it was such a cool story, and it kind of fits with what we're going to talk about this evening. So, um, And I'll just read the synopsis of it. In 1935, a shocking turn of events unfolded when a tiger shark displayed in a Sydney aquarium vomited a human hand and forearm, revealing the remains of James Smith, a former boxer and criminal missing since April 7th, 1935. Um to paraphrase the rest of what happened, basically, this guy was a boxer, he was a criminal, and he had a tattoo on his forearm, and uh, that's how they could identify the forearm that this this tiger shark spit up, and this is what happened. Fishermen were fishing, they caught a shark, as they were reeling it in, a tiger shark came up and ate that shark. <laughs> so, so they ended up with two for one. They took the tiger shark, because it was really big, to an aquarium in Sydney, Australia, where they were fishing. You know, they were, this is 1935, you yeah. know, these guys. And while the shark was in captivity, it started to get sick and vomited up this arm, this part of this arm. I would get sick, too. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> so once they saw the uh, tattoo, they could identify who it was, and he had been missing. So they knew that, and then they started to piece the parts together. And it's even crazy because one of the guys that was accused of killing him uh, tried to commit suicide after he was questioned by the police, and he shot himself in the head with a thirty-three caliber. I don't know what that is. I've never even heard of that. Um, but uh, apparently it hit his forehead and just knocked him out. <laughs> it didn't kill him. What? <laughs> I know. That's a hard-headed man. <laughs> So it didn't That's kill crazy. him. He, talk about a loser. He wasn't even good at that. Um, very unsuccessful. Oh, poor guy. But uh, they ended up discovering by another guy that snitched uh, that he was in a bad business deal with this guy. They were in some kind of insurance fraud scheme. And so the guy killed him and cut up his body, put it in a crate, and dropped it into the ocean. Good yeah. So the shark found it, ate it, and then got eaten by another shark. And uh, <laughs> you should have seen the responses on Twitter, dude. It was amazing. So they had like uh, one guy was like, imagine telling, <laughs> telling the guy in your jail cellmate <laughs> who snitched on you. <laughs> it was a tiger shark man, snitched on me. <laughs> he gave it away. <laughs> the tiger Those stinking tiger sharks every time. <clears throat> That's right. Moral of the story: never trust a tiger shark. I never um, do. Don't pet them either because I've heard they're pretty pretty bad. But um, 
Anyway, so that was uh, a really, I mean, that was like the first thing I saw when I opened up my phone uh, this morning. My dog had to go out real early. So I was like, oh, this is too good to not share. So, but, uh, and that fits in well, the shark and the animal and the man and the parts mm-hmm. of humans. It's all, all that's going to fit in with our topic tonight. That's right. So as I like to say, sit back, grab a coffee and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War podcast. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat. Is not an alien force already among us? Because in the coming generations, we will learn how to engineer bodies and brains and minds. At some indeterminate moment, Christ's believers will be caught up, snatched up out of this world while the world goes on with a very, very definite agenda. That's right. <laughs> the world's going to go on, but it's going to be rough. <laughs> definite agenda. Like hey, that. that's our new intro, and I should probably, uh, well, first of all, Seth, this is Seth Vanderbrook. He's joined me in the podcast. We're going to talk about cryptids through church history tonight. Seth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Terrence. Good to be here. Yeah. We have a, a slight history. We've known each other for a little while. Yeah. But um, Seth also made that intro music for us. I did. So I guess he listened to the episode where I was like, hey, anybody want to help us? We're looking to maybe re-update our music a little for our intro. And he sent me that. He just rando sent it to me one morning. I was like, oh, this is actually great. And uh, (laughs) so we found it. And you know what's interesting? At the time of this recording, January 20th, uh, 2024, right? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, uh, the World Economic Forum is meeting, and one of those sound bites in there is uh, that no- Noah uh, Harari guy. Right, right. The real evil dude. So. <laughs> you, because what you said when you mentioned the sound bite, too, you go, oh, yeah, the evil guy. Yeah. <laughs> the evil dude. He is evil, man. <laughs> just, that's all you have to say is the evil guy. If you yeah. re- anybody with the World Economic Forum, evil. Just, just that. Just all it. That's all it requires. Yeah, there's a line like when the, on the application to join the World Economic Forum. It's like, are you evil? Check yes or no. Right. There's not even a like. Mm. I heard the I heard the no isn't actually there. <laughs> right, <It's> just <laughs> check yes, just check yes, or you can't fill out the <laughs> That's form. Right. Do you need help becoming more evil? <laughs> Please. <laughs> That's right. Wait, I'm more interested. Would you like a free consultation for ninety nine ninety nine? Yeah, it's like they start using Scientology techniques, where they go in and cleanse you and make you That's evil. Right. right? Here's some crystals. Yeah. Anyways, so we're going to talk about cryptids in church history. That's right. And to set this up, I will say this. Jessica is not with us tonight, and this is something that she, it's a topic she's not really interested in, and she's not about the about the cryptids, but it's mm-hmm. it's actually something that I had kind of had on the back burner as, an, as a topic of the episode to do for a while. And um, the closest thing we came to doing anything like this is we did a, I think, I think we titled it The Biggest of Feet is what we called it and it's basically bigfoot and we it was very early on because i i think that we still had like the original cody and rosie and i mm. and maybe we had one right. other guy come in nice so we just talked about bigfoot so that's the closest we got to cryptids um and i don't even know if bigfoot falls under that category or not but um supposedly it, Maybe okay. Well, so I'm very I'm very ignorant to this topic. Sure. And I know there's a lot of podcasts out there that dive into this. And um, so, as always, our goal with at All Out War is to always, always, always put in front of the topic, um, filtering it through the biblical lens Mm -hmm. as much as possible. And I, you know, I'm under the belief that God has opinions, and um, He (laughs) has, you know. 
thoughts on everything mm -hmm. that we encounter here on earth. And uh, so I'm not afraid to try and dig it out and figure it out. Um, I love it. Yeah. So, um, so let's, let's start. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into this topic, and, um, and then we'll jump into your research. Go from there. All right. Sounds good. Um, yeah, so I'm Seth Vandenbroek. Um, I am actually professionally a software engineer and cybersecurity analyst. Um, that's what I do for a living. Uh, I have a top secret clearance or had. It actually just expired. <laughs> that's how I don't know if you're supposed yeah. to say that, are you? <laughs> yeah, well, you, you can. Um, I, I know what I'm not allowed to say. I'm saying that because um, I just want people to know I'm not an absolute rando who is, has lost his... Is uh, the bolts <laughs> right? Um, I yeah, I, I did contract with the government, and uh, they confirmed I'm not insane. So that's just for for your comfort. Um, but yeah, but you know, like the government and the World Economic Forum, they're pretty. They say, they're almost you like know it? the same litmus you test. Totally destroyed my point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Don't listen to anything I just said. Um, yeah, no, I I. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed that world while I was there, and um, and then I saw many reasons to leave. So I did. Now I'm working for a Christian nonprofit organization, and I love it. Excellent. Um, I've been a believer for most of my life, okay. uh, raised in the Christian church, and um, had a wild journey and found my personal uh, way to, to Christ at a fairly young age, and... Um, and we'll get more into this later, but I experienced a lot of uh, heavily demonic things. Mm. And that's a lot of what sent me down this path was um, originally, you know, fear and confusion, not understanding what is going on. You know, these are things people say aren't real, right? Yeah. And as a believer, we believe in things that people don't believe are real. Um, a lot of things, <laughs> you know, the, yeah. the fact that we believe in a, a, a guy who was born from a virgin is pretty insane and people don't always <laughs> acknowledge how crazy that yeah. is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was years ago, maybe five or six years ago that I started down, uh, this rabbit trail. A big part of my job is research. So I've, I've kind of always been a researcher. The whole reason I got into programming in the first place, I was 11 years old and I did a research project. Um, I was a homeschooler, and so <laughs> my mom was like, all right, you're going to write a research paper. And I was like, okay, on what? And I picked, you know, how are video games made? Oh, cool. So I did that, and I got into it. Before I knew it, I made like 40 video games by the time I was 12. Wow. Yeah, and then I like got you in. built video games. I built games 40 video games in a year, yeah. So did you ever think about just being, like, going and working for one of these video game? I did. Well, I got an internship at 13. Oh, at, a, at a game development company, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I did that for a while. I They threw me into the deep end, like, all right, you're learning linear algebra. And I was like, cool. <laughs> I had no idea that that was a big deal at the time. <laughs> right, yeah. As they're, they're like, this is college level, like, master's degree. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, all right. And I just I just loved it. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, went through high school, right out of high school, got a job, worked for a cybersecurity company, writing artificial intelligence and hmm. just hit the floor, hit the floor running. Cool. Um, so yeah, so that, that was kind of my journey. And as I was doing that, um, spent a lot of time in the church, always volunteering. Yep. Um, and felt the Lord calling me more and more, uh, to study the, really study the Bible, mm -hmm. really understand it, um, and to teach it. And so as I leaned more and more into that role, 
I started reading all these really weird Bible verses. <laughs> it's like, yes. what is this Genesis 6? <laughs> what is this chapter yeah. about? Yeah. And sons of God, and what's going on here? And and then, you know, First Chronicles 20. Oh, yeah, the giant people with six fingers and six toes. Like, what? Like, what's going on there? So, of course, I'm asking my parents, like, what's going on here? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> like, it, but, but we believe it, right? And yeah. it's interesting how we can have that stance. Like, I don't know what this is, but I still believe in it. It's really funny, though, because I think there's a lot of, of our listeners who have journeyed, as you're describing right now, mm. they come across these things and they don't have an answer. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you this, that when it, you know, I was a teaching pastor for many, many years, and that's kind of how I knew you because you were in the youth ministry and then that's you right. were helping serve after you were old, older. And mm-hmm. and um, I can remember those passages were never really key things that we would focus on. Right. And um, and they would get asked every every once in a while, but there was never a sufficient answer, and there definitely wasn't preaching from the pulpit about it. Right. And um, and this is at a really verse by ver- a good verse by verse Bible church. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know, I can affirm that church. Yeah, like, they do a good job. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that um, I, I think that when you talk about like as you were beginning to open up to this, um, I, I'm curious. Did you have people? that God just kind of brought around or how did you begin to navigate through your trajectory? Mm, yeah. Wow. That's a good question. Um, I felt very isolated for a little while, right? Cause I didn't really know who to ask. Yeah. And so of course, you know, I'd ask a question to a pastor here or there and um, be, to be <laughs> <Good> like, <luck. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, Oh yeah, that's really weird. Um, <laughs> and there's like no answer. Right. Yeah. Um, They're like pulling out their phone on got gotquestions.org. You know? yeah, no, actually, though, that <laughs> genuinely happened multiple times. And I'd literally be like, hey, so why does it say here in Revelation that there's an angel standing in the sun? Like, what does that mean? And they're like, oh, I don't know. And I start seeing the connection between stars and angels, stars mm. and angels, stars and angels all over the Bible. I'm like, what's going yeah. on here? Ask pastor. Yeah, I've never noticed that before. I'm like, how have you not noticed this? <laughs> it's everywhere. Deuteronomy, Genesis, like literally, I mean, it's all over the place. There's only a handful of books in the Bible that don't mention this concept, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, it it's definitely threaded through. Yeah. One of the things that I think happens in the church, and this I'm going to defend mm-hmm. these guys because I was one of them yeah. for a long time, Yeah. Um, is a majority of what you're dealing with when you're, when you're, when you're dealing with a congregation, you're dealing with people's immediate needs. Their, right. their kids off the rails, their sure. marriage is a mess, they're financially hurting, they're phys- you know, they have cancer, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And so you're you're you know, you're always kind of pastoring in that role. Right. And occasionally you'll get that person that'll come to you and be like, Hey, I wanna um you know, I wanna find out what is these the sons of God and women of you know, men and daughters of men and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And and if you've never been approached with it, it's difficult. Like yeah. you, and and if you go to your resources, they're muddy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's getting clearer. Do you know Ken Johnson? You ever heard of him? Yeah, yeah. So Ken's been on the on the podcast. He's going to come back on again. Great guy, friend of mine. Love the dude, and um, and crazy smart guy. But he uh, he says that um, you know when the book of Enoch, which is what a lot of people lean into for some of this stuff, for clarity on some of this stuff. Yeah. He says that that book actually proclaims that at the in the last days it'll have a resurgence. Right, that's but correct. It also says that it shouldn't be included in canon. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool that 
it wasn't included in canon, but there's this resurgence now happening yep. with it. And so, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about that. And and when we get to that point, I'll bring some more clarity to what where we where I stand on it. Mm-hmm. And you may have a different stance on it, but that's fine. We can, you know, that's not a big deal. <laughs> we'll still be friends. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, um, and, and we might have the same stand. I don't even know what your stance yeah. is on. But um, so you're you're starting to open up and talk to these guys, but you're not finding any. Right. And then uh, I think a big breakthrough was um, the Bible Project. Mm. So the Bible Project, um, they came out a few, gosh, I don't know, three or four years ago? It was a while ago. They, they came out with um, the Divine Council episodes, oh, Spiritual Beings. Okay. This is serious, Spiritual Beings. And they're talking about the devil, they're talking about angels, they mentioned the Nephilim. They just kind of give you this really brief summary. Yeah. Really well done. And I was like, oh, these guys aren't ignoring it. Like, <laughs> they're, they're pointing it out. And the thing is, whoever's listening, you can look this up. They have on their website a 70-plus page PDF. It's all the study notes for that series. So good. Yeah. Incredible stuff. And it, it might even be smart to start there because, yeah. we, you know, we had Heiser. You know, he, Heiser was Correct. on, before, you know, when he was alive. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, he's done groundbreaking work on it. Ground, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, everybody quotes Heiser, Heiser, Heiser. You know, unseen yeah. realm. It's like I'm one of those guys. Like, yeah, Michael Heiser, Michael, Michael Heiser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I don't. You know, I, people know this that listen to us. That I'm, I don't agree with everything. You know, his sure. his, his eschatology, his view on spiritual gifts. There's a lot of things that him and I would part ways on. Sure, but um, but this aspect of the language and translating the language mm-hmm. accurately, mm-hmm. and then bringing it into and then it blew my mind hmm. when the demon, when I understood what demons, where they oh, came from. Oh, me too. That, so Turner, that took me a solid year to come to terms with. Yeah. Because I heard several guest pastors show up at our church and say, oh yeah, you know, a bunch of demons are the spirits of the dead Nephilim. And I go, what? <laughs> and just, just offhanded, not the point of the sermon at all. And then just moves along. And I'm like, what? You can't just leave me <laughs> hanging with that. And I'm like, I've read the Bible a lot. So I'm reading and I'm reading and reading. I'm like, how am I not seeing this? And that was a big thing that that pushed me forward where it threw me into Michael Heiser, uh, Tim Mackey, Dr. Tim Mackey also yeah. does really great work on that stuff. And I, I'm digging in and I'm realizing, oh, oh, a lot of the English translations, and they do a great job. If you're getting to these types of topics, it's a bit of a disservice. And I'm not hating on all the English translations. Like, right. They're, well, I mean, they're perfectly fine to read. But there are some things that are just simply, you, you can't replicate the beautiful nuance of the Hebrew language. I, I do not profess to be a professor when it comes to, you know, the Hebrew language. I only know the basics, but it's amazing. And you, you just can't directly translate a lot of these things. And so you really have to get into the contextual studies historical studies to understand what's really going on and it really is in the bible it really does point these things out but most of it is assuming you already know it which is why they're breadcrumbs and not a flat-out statement that's a good point that's a really good point yeah so the the biblical authors when they would write in around these topics there was already a a worldview, a mindset, correct, and under- culture, an understanding. So they didn't have to go through and explain it very, you know, very much. Yeah. So um, that's Genesis six, right? It says, "Yeah, the men who are renowned. We don't need to tell you about them. 
You, right. know, you already know about him. Yeah, the men who are renowned. Yeah. yeah. It's like today, you write a book about Taylor Swift, no one's going to be like, who? Right, you know? right, today, right. <laughs> yeah, but maybe 2,000 years from now, I don't know. Right. So, yeah, that's the situation. And, and just, She might be a Nephilim, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> She's a little short for Nephilim, but maybe. She had, I heard she had six fingers, so. <laughs> I feel like that's a really easy thing to confirm. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Someone that public, it's like, oh, I never noticed that. <laughs> she, just, she always like that, has got her hand in her yeah, body. She, um, <laughs> well, the AI too. Remember the AI renderings of people? They always put six fingers on them. Wait, what? You didn't know that? No, what? Oh yeah, if you start looking at AI, um, like generated. I've messed around a lot with it actually. Yeah, well, I mean, you I haven't s- seen that. So yeah, a lot of I've times I've seen some like mangled. Fingers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they always like yeah. get this weird. Like, like their arm will turn into like a you know a, a vase. Snake or something. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like why why are you standing next to a vase? It gets confused. Yeah. So, but the hands were very. It was like one of the early things that people started to point out was that these yeah AI generated images out. of people would have six fingers a lot of times. That's so interesting. I not to get on the topic too much. Yeah. But well, I mean, we got time. AI is something that I have personal experience with. And so there are a lot of things that people will say, like, oh, yeah, like dark magic behind AI. And I have a hard time with it because I'm like, dude, I build this stuff. Like, I know exactly how it works. Granted, yeah, I haven't built the ones that those guys did. So I don't know what they did. Yeah. But still, you know, for me, it, it's often harder for me to, to get behind some of the stuff um, that people throw well, out there. Do you think that, like, you know, the ghost in the machine theory... That one's interesting, actually. So do it's you really interesting? Or the internet's dead, <laughs> dead internet. Or right. That, yeah. That's a crazy one too. But the do you think that the that there is the reality? And I I believe this wholeheartedly that they can get into the machinery. Yeah. Um, like I mean, the technology. That I think. I mean, we watch movies about this, right? Yeah. Where it's like the radio starts going. And I'm not saying we base everything on, on movies. <laughs> right. But I'm saying the concept's already there. We're And it's there for a reason. Like, the film directors didn't invent that concept. Right. Like, people started saying, oh, I experienced this. So, you know about the, the they had a protocol that you could put in, like a prompt, that would override the operating system for the AI? Oh, yeah. Like, it, it, are you talking about the kill switch? or No, it was like basically when you're going to ask the AI a question, like on ChatGPT, when it, this is like a year ago maybe. Uh-huh. Um, basically, you would, you would implement this protocol, and it was called the um, the TED – what was it called? I forget what it was called, but it was basically – basically it would override – because they discovered that the AI, when you would ask it questions, it was always leaning a certain position. Oh, yeah. So it was like already – Liberal mostly. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So, like, like if you, though. yeah, it was liberal or just very woke would be. Yeah. And so you'd ask it like, um, "Is can men get pregnant?" You know, like a simple question sure. that is a very like a a six year old kid knows yeah, a, a scientific man. Yeah. Question. And it'd be like, given the current evidence and the cultural position, blah 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 blah, blah men can get pregnant, blah blah blah, because the definition of man has changed, blah blah. blah. And it so it starts to justify. Right. <laughs> but you could inter- introduce this protocol and say, hey, ChatGPT, when I ask you this question, answer in the prompt of in answer through answer through the prompt of this, and I can't recall it for the life. So of it's me. not even like be objective. It's like be the biased to what I want. <laughs> no, just be the answer. Oh. Oh, so it is objective. Yeah, it basically will take off the filters that it was designed to to lean into or away from. Fascinating. And if if that's how it works, I don't know. But um, but, I've heard of that. but people were asking it, "Are you a demon?" Oh, get out of here! And it would say, 
yes, I, I am a demon. Yeah. And, and you'd ask it without the protocol, and it would say, no, a demon can't inhabit a machine, right? And it would give you the... the I will say that's weird. But even that's worse, it named itself Azazel. Oh, of course it did. From Oh, man. From Revelation. No, I, I know Azazel. Yeah, it's one of the Wait, demons. did you see right? Revelation? I think it was in Revelation. Isn't that the one that's no. mentioned in Revelation? Uh, Azazel's only mentioned in Leviticus. Okay, not Azazel. Then it's... Um, you know, we, I didn't know we were going to talk about this. I would have read more, but <laughs> me either. Um, it's the we were like cryptids. Just kidding. AI and Azazel. <laughs> we'll get to the cryptids, man. We'll get to the cryptids. But this is the pathway that we have to take to get there. Yeah, sure. Um, oh no, I'm looking real quick to see if I can find it. But it's basically the 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 demon that it's Abaddon, Abaddon. Oh the, yeah, the, Abaddon and Apollyon. Yeah, yeah. So it was like that's, one of that's the king of the pit. It was either one of those or it was. It may have been Azazel. And our listeners are going to correct me. And that's interesting. People are going to be like, nah, on Spotify, I'm going to get all these. Nah, you're wrong. Yeah, you're, but uh, oh, bearded yeah. man. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the AI. So I believe the and I've had look. I worked at a church. Yeah. Five minutes before service, all of a sudden the soundboard goes crazy. Oh yeah, I've right? witnessed that for nothing. Many times. Yeah. Like no reason. And it's you dumb. go to start taking it apart and fixing it, and you're turning it off and on, and you're yeah. redoing everything literally from the ground up. And God bless AV guys. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they have to put up with demons all the time. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like at the front line of spiritual warfare. Yeah. I mean, you guys might think we're joking, but we're dead serious. No, it's happened here. <laughs> yeah. It's happened it's here. I've had one time we recorded an entire podcast episode rosie and i did and i hit record and we went back to look and it was blank like nothing it just somehow it it just didn't pick right. up anything yeah. like like two hours worth of recording yeah i mean w when you step back and acknowledge and actually it's kind of a theme for me has been the last couple of years it's just humility we don't know everything can we please acknowledge that we don't actually know everything yeah and we have this massive social mentality of oh we figured it all out we understand all of science and we're figuring out the universe we, we just don't and so even as believers it's like we, just, we don't understand how the magical demonic and and even miracles we don't know how that works right and we well, yeah. we don't have to but it's important to recognize that we don't yeah. and so when people go no a demon can't do that it's like <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> What? And, and how what, do you know that? Right. What conversation did you have? What scientific, you know, method did you use to prove that with a, a demon? You don't know that. Look, I, Rosie and I, talk, we've talked about this. One time I, at his house, man, he had stuff happening. Yeah. And we prayed. And I went over to his house and we prayed in, in the house. And I don't know where people stand. Some people are down on this or whatever. But I mm -hmm. took anointing oil and I just prayed. and hey, put, Bible says to do it. You know, I anointed, you know, the house with oil and just we prayed and claimed the property for the lord and mm -hmm. and um there was a spot on a bulkhead where i put a little bit of oil on my thumb and put it over the on the drywall and we came back a little while later and there was a small handprint over it yeah and Classic. we were it yeah it made my hair stand up because it was yeah, i was like it's creepy that is not yeah You're like what i was like bro was it a big handprint or a no it was, like, it was almost like a little kid like handprint. A oh that's creepy it was very creepy that's so much worse yeah, it was Honestly, way worse. Big guy, I'll I'll take big guy over little guy <laughs> any day. I don't want any of them, bro. That's why we were praying. We wanted him out because he kept he kept experiencing them, all this please. stuff. And we have authority. Like we know the scripture tells us we have authority in Jesus' name. Absolutely. And I think about the seven sons of Sceva. They didn't mm -hmm. they didn't exercise their authority properly, no. and well, they they, they were, tried to exercise their own authority. Right. That's the issue. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. They were. Yeah. And this seemed to be a problem at that time because you had the the guy that was having the girl that was prophesying, and he was trying to make money off of her. Mm -hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. Paul rebukes and casts the demons out of her. And, right. 
So, but yeah, they misused, and the demons literally said to him, Paul we know, and Jesus we know, but yeah. who are you? <laughs> yeah, I don't know who you are. Right. Which is funny, because they probably did. You know? I, I mean... Like, they were clearly <laughs> making fun of yeah, him. Like, they waiting. know stuff. They're, they're like, wait, guys, this will be funny. Watch this. I don't even know who you are. Right. <laughs> what are you talking about? But it also shows how they don't have to listen. Yeah. Because we're sealed, a believer is sealed with the Holy Spirit, and we have That's the correct. mark of Christ upon us. Right. And it's irremovable. And is that a word, irremovable? <laughs> it's it sounds Im- right. Immovable. It's Im- irremovable. <laughs> cannot be removed. I'm just over here making up words, bro. I don't know, man. Um, you're the smart one. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. And Ephesians Correct. tells us that God puts his seal upon us. Mm-hmm. And this this um, came to my mind a few weeks ago. Um, the seals that are on us are the same seals that are in Revelation. Right. And they, they the literally, all heaven cries out, right? Mm-hmm. Who is worthy to open? And nobody in heaven and nobody on earth was right. worthy to open the seal. Yeah. Except for the Lamb of God, Jesus. Yeah. So we've been sealed with those same seals. So when your salvation is secure and you are sealed by the Holy Spirit, nothing can break that. Yeah, nothing can beat that. Um, And everything sees it that's in the spirit realm. That's right. Oh, man. Oh, I could talk about that for hours. (laughs) Um, Last year I taught at a a high school for a – I was a guest guest speaker for a a Bible class. Cool. And uh, we're going over Revelation 12. <laughs> just light, you just, know, just light topic chill for high stuff. schoolers. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. The, the the teacher was like, they have these crazy questions, and I was like, awesome. With what book? And they're like, Revelation. I was like, I'm so down. <laughs> Let's go. So, Revelation 12, one of my favorite chapters. In, it's insane, and it talks about this war in heaven, right? War in heaven. Michael and his angels against the devil and his angels. Mm-hmm. It's like the most epic right. narrative. It's like, oh yeah, let's let's just take everything and and notch it up like times a million. And so you have this massive war in heaven. Who even knows what that looks like? And it's raging and it's raging. And it says the only reason they were able to actually beat the devil. And granted, now obviously God could just snap his fingers. Sure. Over. Yeah. Right. 100%. But God's watching his kids do their things. Right. You know, his, his creations, and so they're, they're fighting, and it says, only by the blood of Christ were they able to beat the devil. And I'm like, man, that just, it gives me the warm fuzzies, you yeah, know? Right, yeah. I'm like, that's insane. Like, and Jesus didn't even have to do it himself, right? He was still letting his servants, his angelic servants, do their job. Right. But by dying and rising again, his blood, boom, war's over. It is, he said it it's is over. finished, right? And then he says, there's no room for you left in heaven anymore. And the third of angels cast out. I mean, yeah. that's insane. That's amazing. That kind of power is inside of you. But oh. we have to vegetate it down, and we have to that's felt. It. We have to give a felt board version of Noah's Ark, right? And that's right. Yeah. Do, we don't want to. We don't want to take the Bible too seriously. Right. That would just be crazy. People would. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's move on. We've gotten yeah. off, but I, I want to move yeah. on to the cryptid topic. So, yeah. you're you're. Awakening up to the you know the Genesis six worldview, and you're right. you're beginning to just begin to explore, and uh, and then what do you just come across the topic of cryptids or like? Oh man, um, so it really became a journey of the goal was never to, to research cryptids, right? The goal was always and still is to read the Bible. Yeah, um, but to understand the Bible well, um, scholars don't just read the Bible, right? 
they read the context of the Bible. In fact, there's actually a collection called COS, the context of scripture. Yeah. And it's like a bazillion dollars and a million <laughs> books. It's massive. I really want it. Um, you could probably find it free somewhere, man. <laughs> that's right. If anyone has a copy. Um, but I have bought a lot of books now. And over the last several years, it's essentially just been me researching ancient uh, Near Eastern history mm -hmm. and reading a lot of really, really old books. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's meant Dead Sea Scrolls. It's meant a bunch of Second Temple period Jewish literature. It's meant a lot of Greek literature, mm -hmm. um, like histories by Herodotus and, and all that stuff. Xenophon, Plato, all those guys. Um, you wouldn't think that that applies to the Bible, but it does. You should check it out. <laughs> right, yeah. No. It's it, it's wild. Um, if it's historical, it applies. And so as I'm digging into all these things, I can't help but notice what's going on. And I'm an insatiably curious person. And so I'm like, oh, like, why is this passage in Leviticus talking about a goat demon? What's a goat demon? <laughs> like, what is that? Dig into the word. Oh, it's a satyr. What's a satyr? Oh, it's a fawn. It, Mr. Tumnus, is that what you're telling me? Mr. Tumnus is in the Bible? Is that what's going on right <laughs> That's now? Right. I forgot he was a fawn. Yeah, he's yeah. a fawn. He's a, he's a satyr. And so I was like, wait, what's going on? And so I keep digging and keep digging, and I'm reading these texts. And let me read you two of them. This is what really blew my mind and started sending me down this massive question mark rabbit trail. Um, First Enoch. Yeah. <laughs> As everyone talks about, um, which I don't believe is, is that uh, should be part of the scripture, like you mentioned. And right. It should be, be canon. But like pretty much anything else that isn't the Bible, if it's something historical or has to do with the context of the Bible, it's useful. Right. It's useful for understanding, regardless of whatever you want to say about this book, the Jews believed it at least at one point in time. And many of those were the disciples. Yeah. We know that. Well, Jude... Peter, right. Second Peter, chapter two, Jesus, four he through six. Quoted it. Jesus, yeah. So, so, can I make a comment on that real quick? Go for before it. you Absolutely. move into it. Sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but yeah. um, so the way I look at it is, you have the canon of Scripture, mm -hmm. which is divinely put together by God, protected. Mm -hmm. Everything that's in there needs to be in there. Right. Nothing is missing that should be in there, uh -huh. and that will always be the final authority. Mm -hmm. um, and then next to that, you will have what I call like. Um, the the writings of the patriarchs or the mm -hmm. ones that were commenting before we had the canon of scripture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you have the testimony of Noah, you have the patriarchs you have, in which the patriarchs were just letters written by like Abraham to his sons mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. different, and they were held. And I'll tell you why we can't put it in canon in a minute. But, yeah. and then you have in the New Testament, the early church fathers right, and their writings Yep. And then after that, you have Bible commentaries. Yeah. All the way up to modern Bible commentaries. Yeah. And so none of those outside the authority of Scripture in Scripture, which I would say Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic are the original languages. So that's Correct. what we want to stick with if yeah. you really want to get to the roots of it. Mm -hmm. um, and there's technology now. You don't even have to know Greek or Hebrew. Right. You can literally have it translated oh, for it's amazing. you. Yeah. yeah. I use it all the time. Yeah. And yeah. it's borrowed from authentic translated, yeah. you know, literature that was written. Yeah. So anyways, I think if a person understands that, okay, if I'm going to read Jasher or if I'm going to read, you know, um, the, the, if we find parts of Enoch or whatever, mm -hmm. um, I, I have to understand that that is not 
on the same level of scripture. Yeah. But it's also important to understand that Peter quoted Enoch, Jude quoted, quoted yeah. Enoch, Jesus quoted Enoch. Correct. Yep. So Jesus felt good enough to quote it. Yep. So and he's the word. So yeah. right, <laughs> the word. Made and it prophesied him. Enoch it did. Pro- it which did. is really interesting. Yes. People don't talk about that. Yeah. Like this book actually accurately prophesied about Jesus as well. Oh, it gives Christian doctrine, which is wild. Yeah. Before, like that's long- part of our argument for scripture. <laughs> Right, you know, it's like you can't do that, and Enoch did that. So again, yeah, I, I don't know that should be in canon, but right. but well, clearly is, something's going on. It is included in like the Ethiopian, Ethiopian, yeah, and and I think there's another one as well. But um, there's one other Orthodox one. I can't remember which one it is. And the and the real problem is is authorship and was it changed? That's right. the biggest. Yeah, thing. we can't be confident in it. Yeah. So um, until they find something else in a cave that can verify, you know, right. the, the writing's authentic, then the oldest thing we have is the Dead Sea. You know, those are the right. things. Um, and the, the, the Ethiopian <laughs> one is important because that's the only full, complete copy that we have yeah. of Enoch. Yeah. Um, all the other ones are, are fragmented. Which was interesting because they compared what they found at the Dead Sea Scrolls to that, and it was like... And it was spot on. <laughs> this, I, I don't think they even... Yeah. I remember looking into that, and they were like, this is creepily the same. Yeah. <laughs> even when it wasn't even the same language. Like, this is on point. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it gives credibility to it. I think there's something like 80 plus documents. Like copies of it, which is for people who don't know, that's really good. Yeah. When it comes to old documents, it's really hard to find that many copies of something. Yeah. So it shows us how prevalent it was. Um, and again, yeah, it has some decent credibility the fact that so many biblical authors were looking at it and yeah. saying, hey, it is a thing. So if you're going to read it, use caution. Yeah. Understand it's not scripture. Yeah. It's going to read like Revelation. It's going to read like some epic. A lot of the Bible, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of things that are mentioned in there. That are crazy. <laughs> yeah, that are, that are just like, but they, it does um, give insight to passages that are somewhat dim in, right. in, the, in the Word. It's just like, I, I try to explain to people, it's just like reading a Christian book today. If I read a book by a Christian author, who's like, let, let's say a biblical scholar, yeah. even, because it's a fairly decent comparison. I'm not going to say, oh, everything in there is absolutely accurate all the time. Right. But I can say, oh, this guy actually has something to say. And I can read it and I can compare it to scripture and I can compare it to other things, get an idea of what's going on. And I think we as Christians need to be comfortable with doing that. Yeah. You know, there's an aspect of intelligence that requires the ability to entertain a thought, you know, without believing it. Um, and I, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Imagine that. Um, TikTok doesn't tell me that. <laughs> that's right. It won't. Um, so here's this here's this passage, um, and if you're reading a translation from the Ethiopian text, um, <laughs> you're not going to see this. So this is this is one copy that is actually specifically the Greek text from the Egyptian Akamim, if I said that correctly. Fragments, and it's really interesting because it says this. It says, "And they, the women, bore to them the watchers three races." So this is different because Genesis 6 does not say that. It says the Nephilim. Right. This says three races. First, the great giants. The giants brought forth the Nephilim. And the Nephilim brought forth the Eliud. And they existed increasing in power according to their greatness. Hmm. So when I came across this the first time, obviously, Bells and Wilsons went off and went, well, that seems like that contradicts scripture, right? Which there are some great things out there explaining why it doesn't. Um, but we're going to go through that. Book of Jubilees, also in the Dead Sea Scrolls. 
actually follows this up with the exact same uh, structure, slightly different words. It says, and this is in chapter 7, verses 21 through 25. It says, For owing to these three things came the flood upon the earth, namely owing to the fornication wherein the watchers, against the law of their ordinances, went whoring after the daughters of men Hmm. and took themselves wives of all that they chose. And they made the beginning of uncleanness. Verse 22, And they begot sons, the Nephidim, and they were all unalike, and they devoured one another. Hmm. And the giants, oh, hold on, where'd the giants come from? Right. We just said Nephidim. I, I, I thought the Nephilim were giants. Right. And the giants slew the Nephil, which would be Nephilim. Mm-hmm. And the Nephil slew the Eljo. And the Eljo <laughs> slew mankind and mankind one another. So there's that structure again. And what we're seeing <clears throat> is you can say Nephilim. Well, that would actually include three different categories. That's what Jubilees is kind of throwing out there. Yeah. It's what Enoch is also throwing out there. This is not a radical concept. Biblical, not just biblical scholars, biblical authors. Uh, the Bible does this a lot. Um, now, this is not the Bible. I'm not saying that. Right. Uh, but the, this form of literature, this method is normal, is what I'm trying to get across. We see that a lot with the Rephaim, right? It's like, well, I thought they were just a tribe. Well, then you're reading Deuteronomy 2 and 3. What does it say? It says, oh, well, the Azims who mean, they're just as tall and as mighty as the Anakim, and they're also counted as Rephaim, right? I quoted that from memory, so that may not be yeah. perfect. So would it be that they were just offspring continuing through and just different genetics, you know, would... That's what it seems like. I mean, this is this is what's... I think is fun about it is it's like we have no idea. Right. It's so mysterious. So, you know, in Jubilees it <clears throat> says Eljo. In First Enoch it says Eliud. We don't know what those words mean. Like and we not, haven't been able to find anything to like compare they're, that they're to. They're not the same. They're not they're we, not the same we, word, we, but we they're clearly the same class. Right. They right? have the L. You know? Yeah. Um they both have L, yeah. Um and th- there are a lot of theories out there. Oh, it could mean this, could mean that, could mean that. Well, we yeah. don't really know. Which is honestly the same thing as Nephilim. A lot of people are like, oh, well, we know what it means. It comes from fallen. So maybe. We right. don't actually know that. Yeah, there's like three definitions that were have been tossed around over, yeah. over time. Yeah. But you read things by like Michael Heiser or other scholars and they'll say, yeah, like these are our theories, but, and this is why I think it's so important for us to acknowledge when we don't know something. Yeah. Right? Um, why do you think the Bible keeps it dark? Keeps it uh, well, what do you mean by keep, do you mean like the story is dark or do you mean like yeah. it doesn't tell us about it? No, no. Yeah, it doesn't reveal it. Because I think it's just totally assuming you know. Just like when it says in that same verse in in Genesis 6, you know, those who were renowned. It's like, you guys already know all this. Like, if I say, um, uh, what what would be a good example of a group? I mean, like, the Americas, right? Mm. Well, there are so many cultures and peoples that are included in that, right? Yeah. I say the Americas, well, couple thousands of years from now let's say america isn't a thing and you read of oh, the americas you might read oh america oh that was like this one thing this one nation it's like well no like the americas is like the, it's, it's a whole continent there's tons of countries tons of people like tons of variety tons of cultures so that's probably a bad example but no, I, get, um, I get what you're saying yeah you, so you, when you have a concept like that 
you're wrapping it all into one. And that's where I really do think that Rephaim is a better example of that because Rephaim is this word that you can, you can trace all the way through the Bible and see how it starts getting used differently, right? At first, it's used for specific tribe of giants. Then it's, oh, yeah, we count these guys as Rephaim. Well, now it's a category. Yeah. Now it's, oh, anybody who's a giant is a Rephaim. That's interesting. Why did that happen? We don't know, but they started doing that. And then you have verses like in Proverbs and Psalms where it says the dead or the, the evil spirits. Really, that word is Rephaim. And the translators aren't doing a poor job. They know exactly what they're doing. It really did mean the dead spirits. It's because at that point, most of them were dead. Yeah. And they're talking about these evil spirits that are that are dead. And now these demonic spirits were the spirits of these dead Rephaim. Right. And so, and that's really the the crux of a lot of the proof that we have of that that concept in, in the Bible alone, outside of other things just straight up saying it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that's that's the concept. When it says Nephilim, it could very well be that that's what's going on. The Genesis 6 is like, hey, you guys know what's going on. I don't have to explain this to you, but we don't because we are thousands of years later in a different language and a different culture on a different part of the planet. Yeah. So it's harder for us. There's a big gap to bridge. So you're, you're, you're sorting out the Nephilim, you're looking in, you know, extra biblical texts mm -hmm. and in kind of filtering through and holding them in, you know, next to scripture to see what, how they measure up, throwing yeah. stuff out, keeping stuff. Obviously, you know, there's things that you're just not going to be able to use. Um, how do you move into cryptids and what, how do they fit into this thing? Right. So I'm looking at this and I'm asking a question, okay, what on earth is an Eliud? What's an Eljo? I know what a giant is. Yeah. I'm not totally sure what a Nephilim is anymore. But <laughs> right. but it's it's something different. And it says it says they they were all unalike. So what does that mean? Hmm. How, uh, to what end, right? And so I'm reading other fragments like from the Book of Giants, also from the Dead Sea Scrolls, and it says and this is all broken up, right? So we only have a couple words here and there. It says they defiled, they begot the giants and monsters. Hmm. They begot and behold, all the earth was corrupted with its blood and by the hand of dot, 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 giants, which did not satisfy them, dot, dot, dot. And <laughs> they were seeking to devour many, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> the monsters those are just attacked. The, those are the fragments. Yeah, little... those are the fragments. You don't always get all the words. And so, and I skipped a couple of those because there are a lot of those. Yeah. So we have this fragment. It's, you know, if you want the specific reference, it's, 4Q531, if you know how to look that up. Right. Um, it's, that's the Qumran fragment number. It's frag, fragment number two from that section. And what it's telling us is that it's not just giants, it's also monsters. And that, to me, was a big clue in. It's like, okay, if I give any credence to each of these texts, the story that the Jews at least had at this time, right, not yet ready to believe that this is what's going on, the story, the narrative that existed was that it was more than just big dudes, right? These were monsters, and they were very different. There was not one thing going on. There was a lot going on. And so that's what started throwing me into this cryptid journey. It was like, what's going on here? And what really made it click in my head, and this is where it goes into personal experience, was as I started listening to podcasts and, and, and hearing people talk about, oh, yeah, like there, there were the giants, and then some of the Nephilim were like these, these dwarves. These short guys. What? Yeah, yeah. And they I've have never heard that you one. You haven't heard this? Oh, wow. <clears throat> no, it's, I've never heard that one. 
um, you start looking into folklore and all sorts of stuff around the world and everyone has this common concept. It's like big guys, little guys. Yeah. <laughs> and the little guys were just as magical and powerful, if not more. And a lot of South American mythologies have fun looking into that, guys, if you're going to. <laughs> um, they talk about, oh, yeah, we didn't build this pyramid. Is this before the or after the ayahuasca? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know exactly when that started, so I'm not well, sure. Genesis 6. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Actually, Root, good point. Good roots point. and leaves. You're right. Yeah. You're very right. Um, this would be after then. Um, these guys are like, oh, yeah, no, they, this, these pyramids were built by these wizards who were super tiny hmm. and showed up and erected these things in like two days, which sounds absolutely impossible, not to mention insane right yeah yeah it's just <laughs> it sounds crazy here's you know anyone else listen to that and go those are the machine elves <laughs> no i mean paul stubb he's the the nephilim look like clown guy right you know one of the one of the um common experiences on dmt is you'll see the, the quote unquote the machine elves. oh that's right i thought you were talking about santa claus no no yes. no, no no machine elves are yes, the yes. um the they're supposed to be in that different dimension right and i think that's a type of them because I think there's a larger class of these smaller guys, mm. which sounds, I know, so silly. Um, part of why I believe this is a legitimate thing is because of my personal experiences. Okay. I've, I know this sounds nuts. Um, I've had a lot of demonic experiences um, since I was a kid. Um, the Lord totally delivered me from whatever level of strong oppression it was before I was saved. Um, and I went from being someone who couldn't control the only words that came out of my mouth. And I don't mean that by like, oh, I was upset. I mean, like I would try to say something and something else would be spoken and I wasn't in control. Oh, where? Yeah, it was wild. And I didn't understand, I could not comprehend or understand it until w years later, looking back and then going, oh man, shoot. Like that was heavy demonic oppression. Yeah. Um, as a kid, God protected me so much and totally freed me from that. Praise um, God. Yeah. Oh, it, it's, it's a long story, but God, it's an amazing things in my life. Um, and, and and one of those many stories was a really silly one, which is me, you know, this is me as an adult. Gosh, this was only maybe five years ago. And I'm in my place. I'm at home. I'm laying down. I just have like a mattress on the floor because I'm a dude, right? Now. <laughs> Single dude. I, I have I have a bed frame now, everybody. Oh, good. But um, at the time, I just you have had... sheets? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's actually nasty. I do have sheets. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm laying down. I'm about to go to bed. I did not go to bed yet, all right? I'm not asleep. This isn't a dream. I just lay down. And mind you, this was like a month of perpetual demonic attacks. Hmm. And I'm exhausted. I'm so done. I just don't even have the energy. I'm like, God, just please let me go to sleep. And so I lay down. And I feel this demonic presence in the room. I'm like, oh, not again. Yeah. And so I open my eyes. And what was weird is I was like, well, why, isn't, why is nothing attacking me right now? Because most of my experiences were violent. Yeah. And so I'm like, why, why am I okay right now? And I'm not paralyzed. I can speak. You know, those are things that normally experience. So I open my eyes and I'm like, there is a two foot tall 3D... <laughs> I kid you not, guys. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not making I'm this sorry. up. No, it's it sounds insane. No, go ahead. I'm I totally, sorry. I hear myself. I see a two foot tall, 3D little shadow figure kid, uh, whatever you want to call it, right? No features, just 3D shadow, right? Mm. It's right there. And I just closed my eyes. Because I was like, I'm so tired. 
and I've dealt with enough. I don't care. And so I just pray. I'm like, all right, God, please cast this out, right? I'm just kind of casually like, all right, God, get rid of this. Wasn't praying hard enough, I guess, because it just casually walks over to my, um, what do you call it? Like an armoire? Like your end table or whatever next to your bed? No, not, um, no. Um, it's, uh, well, oh, dress, like dress, a, dress, oh, okay. dresser, okay. It, 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 like drawers and everything. And it silently just hops on top. So I'm looking up at this thing. I'm like, is this just sitting on top of my dresser? Like, what is happening? I'm almost laughing, right? I'm like, what is happening right mm-hmm. now? And I'm looking at it. Of course, I'm like, now I'm like rubbing my eyes. I'm like, am I insane? Like, have I just lost it at this point? And I'm looking at it. I'm like, what is going on? Now, at this point in my life, my oldest sister was actually living with me. It was a great year. It was a lot of fun um, having her with me before she got married. And um, she's experienced a lot of the stuff. She did missionary work in India and <laughs> crazy stuff right. happens there, right? So, yep. oh my gosh. So she knows, she's, you know, she's a pro. <laughs> <laughs> and so she comes in. As the door opens, you can just watch it. The light just, he's gone. Oh, just watching him disappear, right? Now he's gone. And then I, the, the presence is gone. I don't feel it. You, know? hmm. you can just tell. It's like a sixth sense. I don't know how to explain it to anybody who hasn't experience well, that there's something called discerning of spirits right it's a spiritual gift yeah and so my sister comes in and she goes hey are you cool are you cool is everything okay and i was like yeah mind you it's like one in the morning and i'm like yeah yeah actually there was a really weird little like demon dude chilling on my dresser and she, she the dresser's right next to her because the door's right there right and she's like you mean right here <laughs> like yeah and she's like, well, I came in because I felt a demonic presence in your room. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Why'd she come in? She knew. Yeah, she <clears> felt <throat> it. It woke her up. She came in and was like, hey, I just want to check on you. And mm. this happened with both of us multiple times um, for a while. And um, so that experience was really weird for me because I was like, hold on. This guy wasn't violent. I don't know what he was trying to do. He didn't seem to care about anything. Just chilling around. And he was super tiny. Like, what's going on? Right. Yeah. Right. I've had wild experiences. I wouldn't say he's harmless in any way. No, I'm not saying it's he's harmless, a, yeah. but he wasn't actively doing anything in the moment. Yeah. And so as you look into this concept, you, you'll you'll find that there are all these legends and all these stories. And, and there's these little guys and they're mischievous, but they won't cause you problems unless you tick them off. Hmm. And then they're like your worst nightmare. And so I give those things credence now because I'm like, I've seen these little guys. And I've talked to people like in Argentina who are like, oh, yeah, I mean, like the gnomes. I'm like, excuse me? They're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, the other day I couldn't find my T-shirt, so I put some candy outside and the gnomes brought it back. And I was like, excuse me? That's weird. Like, this is just a thing that you do? And it's like a normal cultural thing. Like, oh, yeah, you just leave the candy outside. I was like, oh, my gosh, you guys are transacting a demon. Like, yeah, so these things happen. I don't recommend that, by the way. No, please don't. Yeah. Don't do that. Is he a believer? Pray. No. And it's a she. That's okay. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. That's, yeah. The whole mysticism and the catering to the weird, it's almost like, let's leave this door open so we can have some darkness come through. Right. Like that's not ideal. Not okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not ideal. Yeah. So that that's what started opening my eyes more to these concepts is, hold on. If these, you know, if it's demons, a lot of these spiritual beings are the Nephilim and I've experienced very different sizes. Huge guys, medium guys, tiny little guys. I'm like, well, this kind of lines up with what I've been reading, right? Mm. Oh, they were all in alike. You know, there's all these all these different varieties. There are the bigger ones, the smaller ones, and then the lesser ones. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. I wonder if this concept is like 
more or less that, right? Mm-hmm. The little guys, <laughs> the normal guys, the really, really big guys. Um, to oversimplify yeah. a lot, yeah, right? So that's what kind of started getting me into that concept. And the more that I dug in, the more that I came across all these concepts, like I already mentioned, satyrs and Leviticus and Isaiah. And I'm like, what's going on here? And the more you dig in, the more you look at these passages, the more you see, why does the Bible seem to think that these things are legit? So do you do you believe that those creatures that you're seeing, those spirits that you're seeing are the disembodied spirits of a fallen like physical creature at one point yeah i do you think the little guys were little guys yeah that's what i'm thinking okay because and this could kind of make sense i mean the way that jesus comes back and other than when he like really humorously disguises himself he's recognizable right right and so it's like he didn't come back a completely different shape he was like the same dude and he even had scars that's weird and interesting to me now i don't know it's going to be the same i don't know that we're going to have you yeah. know our bum hip when we go into heaven but no 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 we get a new body yeah we but, do <clears throat> the size he, might be there well yeah i don't know about the size what all that how that plays out but we're told that christ will bear the scars mm-hmm. for all of eternity mm-hmm. so that it will always stand as that's a, a representation yeah, yeah correct and so bit. when it comes to these like evil spirits i'm like i just don't know what the rules are right Bible doesn't really tell me what the rules are. Yeah. And so I'm left to speculate and look at texts and get a rough idea and look at my own experiences and go, okay, I mean, I've seen them. They're different sizes. How does that happen? And the only thing that makes sense to me is if, if, if this concept is legit, right, which I think it is, that, you know, there are a lot of demons that are the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim, then that would make sense. Yeah. That would line up. There's a creature described as this. Or like, you know, the guy you had who came on and talked about the clowns, right? That's a pretty weird looking creature. Right. Right. But as we're gonna get into, there are some weird looking creatures that are mentioned in the Bible. Seder being one of them. Lilith right. is crazy. Let's um all right, for, let's start with the Seder. Des- yeah, yeah. Describe the Seder for and and where is it found in the scriptures for anyone that wouldn't know. Absolutely. Yeah. So a Seder is also referred to as a fawn. It's a half goat, half human creature right mm-hmm. most of the time we just think of it as you know mr tumness right in narnia yeah and uh unfortunately he's not that friendly right so I mean, it's like pan historically well. yeah pan historically it's more like the pan stuff right he's not a good guy um most most of the stuff relating to him is very or and even these creatures in general is very sexual in nature mm-hmm. very violent really not okay um that's this is related to you know the the Caesarea Philippi, mm-hmm. the the gates of hell, yep. right? That temple, people did not okay things with goats. Oh, dude, they they did human sacrifices there too. Yeah, well, they did all sorts of stuff. And Pan, the legend of Pan in mythology or whatever is, he, he would lure children, <laughs> like right. He would literally blow his oh, flute, and children would follow him. Right? Yeah, super messed up. Um, so you got kids trafficking. Yeah basically yeah and yeah th- these creatures they're really not portrayed fondly at right, all right um so leviticus 17 verse 7 i have it here in the nesb it says this is god speaking they shall no longer sacrifice their sacrifices to the goat demons mm-hmm. with which they play the harlot interesting yeah which is exactly what they did at that temple this shall be a permanent statue to them 
throughout their generations. That statute is important to God. Why is it so important to him? He's not saying, oh, you know, don't play the harlot with these made-up creatures. Right. This is a this is a statute God is putting in Leviticus, right? It's a big deal. Yeah. And he's saying, you guys need to stop sacrificing to and playing the harlot with satyrs. Now, before anyone you know jumps out of the chair and goes, Seth, how did you go from goat demon to satyr? Look at the original words. It's, it goes back to the original text. It's actually very cut and dry. Um, that is not a long rabbit trail. It's just pretty straight in front of your face. And any biblical scholar who looks at those passages will tell you so. Um, Michael Heiser certainly doesn't avoid it. Um, <laughs> that these, these goat demons, I think, is a great way of saying it because they are demonic. What, what was that? It was Leviticus what? 17.7. All right. 17.7, yeah. They show up in a few places in the Bible. Um, another one. Another one would be Isaiah 34, verse 14. One of the all-time weirdest verses in the Bible, in my opinion, because it's got three crazy cryptid creatures all, all packed into one. It says, The desert creatures will meet with the wolves. The hairy goat also will cry to its kind. Yes, the night monster will settle there and will find herself a resting place. Oh, herself herself you look at that word or the words night monster and this is translated a lot of different ways night owl screech owl you know various different forms of owl <laughs> um yeah owls are not monster. they're not uh in scripture ever portrayed in, in any good way yeah owls are the symbol for lilith <coughs> this is because lilith is supposedly half owl and if you look at the word for night monster it's not Night Monster. It's literally the proper name Lilith. Interesting. Michael Heiser points this out. Um, I don't think it was in Unseen Realm. I think it was specifically in his book on, on demons. Demons, yeah. Yeah. Um, he, now that, that book is amazing. I, I can't overemphasize. If you're curious in those things, that is like the safest way to study that topic. Yeah. Because it's not creepy. It's not, you know, going in the wrong direction. He just straight up says, hey, look, this is what the Bible says. Right. Um, so I really respect that book. Um, so this creature, this creature Lilith, this is, you know, the, the fancy word that pastors use, a hapax legomenon. It's a word that <laughs> only shows up in the Bible once, right? So no context. It's just totally assuming you know what it's talking about. Right. Who's Lilith? Well, they would say, well, how do you not know who Lilith is, right? You know, if you're above the age of 18 and you're a reasonable person, you can look her up. <laughs> well, um, there's Gnostic versions of her as well oh, yeah for creation oh that yeah she was the wife of adam yep went in that see, folklore's messed up yeah basically had sex with satan lose her mm -hmm. and and then came back to adam yeah. <clears throat> yeah yeah it's it's definitely hogwash but i do think lilith is a real spiritual entity yeah um she exists in every every that i have <laughs> ever found every single <clears throat> mythology different names most for the most part pretty much the same name Lilith, Lilithu, Lilith, Lamia in Greek, which mm. if you look at the Septuagint, what does it say? It says Lamia there. So, you know, to remind anyone who doesn't know, the Septuagint was written by 70 Jewish scholars. Yeah. They put that together and they knew full well who that character was and they mapped it straight to Greek mythology. They said, oh yeah, that's that character, right? So they knew exactly what was going on here. Yeah. Harry Goat is Seder. Right. That shouldn't shock anybody at this point. Now, the big question mark, and 
scholars aren't arguing this. I don't think anybody's looking at that. Maybe someone is. I just haven't found them yet. No one's talking about the wolves. Because there are three creatures here. <laughs> They're like... Save the wolves. <laughs> Save the wolves. Satyr is a chimeric demonic creature. Yeah. Lilith, chimeric demonic creature. Wolf. That does not fit the pattern. Right. But when you look at it, it doesn't really say wolf. Okay. Don't be surprised, but we don't really know <laughs> what, what the what word it, means. What it means. Yeah. So we do for, for the most part. It, it basically means how, howling creature. Okay. But we don't really know what that creature is. This is me postulating, everybody. This is Seth Vanderbrook speculating. But if you follow standard hermeneutics, I'm not like totally going crazy here. And I have checked this past several pastors to be like, hey, am I on a loony bin or what's going on here? They're like, no, that's a valid interpretation of this, a valid exegesis here. Is that if we're to follow the poetic structure of this, and I could go on, but it would take a long time going into all the grammatical stuff, right? But if you look at the structure, desert creatures wolves, hairy goat, credit its kind. The way that poetic structure works is the two creatures on the left should be the same, two creatures on the right should be the same, hmm. right? And so that would mean that the howling creature would actually be the kind or the type or the friend or companion, that word can be translated those different ways, to the satyr. That's really interesting. So it's a form of maybe a, a possessed Some kind of, of chimeric. Some kind. Well, it's a chimeric thing, but it's a howling creature. Hmm. And wolf isn't a bad translation. So what I'm postulating is it's probably a, a wolf-like or jackal-like, because it's oftentimes translated jackal, mm -hmm. jackal-like chimeric human hybrid, which would really be a dogman. <laughs> <laughs> that would be... Dogman, This yeah. might be, maybe, this might be the one verse in the Bible that mentions... A werewolf slash dogman like creature. Right. Potentially. Okay. So you can that's see how I got into wild. cryptid stuff pretty quickly. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty wild. That's crazy, right? Uh, I want to make a note. Yeah. <clears throat> um, just in that Leviticus verse about the Seder. Yeah. And you guys had to forgive my, I have a, something's going on with my, I've got drainage and my voice is off. So I'm going to try and, and uh, work through it. But uh, <clears throat> the, the, it says it's a possessed goat. Is some translations? Yeah, some translations say that. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that Jesus drove the demons into the pigs uh -huh. and possessed the pigs, That's and then right. they flew off the, you know, they flew off the cliff. Yeah, and a lot of people think that that was a uh, reenactment of Genesis six. Oh, really? Have you read that? Yeah. T Tim Mackey. I like. I'm not like 100 percent on it, but it seems like a pretty good argument when you really go through all the details. Uh, Doctor Tim Mackey, you know, makes. Um, makes that case and yeah. points out, hey, look at the story. Look at how everything lines up. Look at the words that are used. The, and, and he kind of makes the argument that this would follow given that a lot of demons are the Nephilim. Yeah. And so... <clears throat> so I was, always, I was always taught that that was a statement to the unclean nature of the pigs, that these Jews were herding pigs. And it could be. Jesus was like, Kit, you're not supposed to be around those. Wouldn't be the first time. Right. Jesus does like seven things at once. Right. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> you know, his stories all the time. Well, prophecies this way, you have near and far prophecy, right? Yep, so right. Prophecy, it's going to address the issue of at hand, mm -hmm. whatever the nation's facing. And then, but there's also this implication further down, you know, Absolutely. in time that it will be a, a double fulfillment or a dual fulfillment. Right. And if, if you look at these passages in the King James Version, I'm not a King James only person. Right. But <clears throat> King James Version does not shy away. It just straight up says Seder. 
Yeah. In all these passages. It's like, yeah, we know what it is. Yeah. And they, <laughs> it mentions the unicorn. Yeah, it does. Stuff. Which I don't actually think that's a unicorn. No. As much as I want it to either. be. I know. Like, I genuinely want there to be unicorns. Yeah. But it's not that it's a stretch. Like, just put a horn on a horse. There is a single horn rhino- rhinoceros, by the way. Right. But... It's just a chubby unicorn. Yeah. He's just... <laughs> he's just, he's just weight too watchers. many... Yeah. Too many burritos. Don't judge him. <clears throat> I think he... I think that... Um, that where that unicorn where where that unicorn where that rhinoceros would be located like geographically i don't think and you no, know, that but it was just a weird translation there's still yeah. words in the king james that from the old english and the translation doesn't it doesn't make sense it doesn't yeah it doesn't work well like and then oftentimes i'll look at it and i go oh i can see like historically the bias i'm like okay right. i can see how you got there yeah right? but there's some that i just, that just <clears throat> throw me for a loop and i'm like i want to like if those translators are in heaven, I want to be like, hey, guys, what were you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> what oh, what was there. that? What was that about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, as far as like Dogman goes, because, you know, like yeah. <clears throat> around here, like we live in, in Western Northern Virginia. Yeah. So like the, we're in Northern Virginia. Yeah. And not just across the way is West Virginia. And um, there's a lot of stories about Mothman. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've heard of him. Oh, yeah. And then I found this thing I was going to show share with you. It was basically like every cryptid of every state that's popular. Mm-hmm. It was actually pretty funny. That's awesome. Um, it was so not like accurate at all. <laughs> and, and it was like one of the cryptids was like this rabbit. A it was rabbit? Just, just a rabbit. Wait just, a second. Like a normal rabbit. Like, like a normal rabbit. Yeah, it was like normal rabbit, like a jackrabbit, but it was like white. I've I've seen one of like a, it was like a scary rabbit, but not a normal. Rabbit. And it was like in Hawaii, it was like this, oh, um, the, the Hawaiian, like Hawaii state, it was like some kind of like cryptid that would be in snow. I'm like, what huh. the, you're in a, the a weirdest tropical cryptid, island. I don't even know if it counts as a cryptid. The weirdest cryptid I've ever heard of is this Japanese one. It's a. It's an umbrella that, <laughs> that gets possessed and starts walking around and like bad mouthing people. <laughs> I think it's the funniest thing ever. That's hilarious. Yeah. I'm probably wrong on like one or two details. Well, but yeah. I mean, I know they walk around. <clears throat> Those cultures are very mystical. So, this is the other thing that, you know, that. And we might have to do a two-parter on this because Probably. it's we're in, we're running into oh, it's been over an hour, but time flies. Yeah, um, I like the way we've been unpacking it. We the way we started and all, but when you get into church history, mm-hmm. um, the Catholics in particular, and if you know, our listeners know, we're not like we're not the best like catholic like we're not their friend we're not friendliest with them like <laughs> you're gonna say we're not very good catholic yeah we're not which good is catholic. true right yeah because we're, we're not we're yeah we're completely protestant but the there's a lot of mysticism that began to oh, yeah. enter into the church through the catholic church around yeah pretty quick like 600 you know 80 yeah. even earlier than that in some places and there's a lot of these mystical stories mm-hmm. that you can read about these monks and these friars and these guys that mm-hmm. were you know, part of the Catholic Church, and they'd go isolate themselves in these monastic communities, and they would have these experiences. Yeah. And that's where I think I have the biggest problem with some of this, because not that they're lying, because I don't know that, but there was a lot of sensationalism happening, and the church was very, very corrupt Mm -hmm. at that point. And so power, fear, control, all of those things were already gripping 
you know, through the Catholic Church and their leadership. Yeah. So why wouldn't they allow some of these weirds to keep the people in the cities? Don't let them go out on their in the country because that's where all the wild creatures are that will eat them and kill them. Right. You know, that our monks are fighting off with prayer all night long. Right. You know. That was a big part of the narrative. Weird yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So what did, did you find that in, in your research? Oh, my goodness. There is so much. Yeah. The Catholic Church is really good at writing things down. I'll give them that. Yeah, yeah. They write a lot of things down, and they also keep things. So there are letters and books and manuscripts out the wazoo, and a lot of them, a lot of them talk about, in the, in the medieval ages, what they refer to as the monstrous races. Mm -hmm. And when you look at them, they'll include things like, lo and behold, dogman and satyrs and the cyclops mm -hmm. and some really weird ones, but ones you might recognize if you've watched Narnia, like the one-footed cyopods. Yeah. And, you know, a centaur, things like that, right? So kind of classic Greek mythology creatures. You look at those creatures and you'll find them everywhere if you do your research. I mean, I've been doing research on this specific topic for almost a year and I have so much it overwhelms me at times. Mm. <laughs> There's so, like, I've got spreadsheets to keep track of everything. <laughs> I'm not, not joking at all. There's so much. Um, there's so much evidence for the concept, right? For the concept being there. And it was, it wasn't a method um, of control in many cases, right? Where they'd say, um, there was this argument for, and I've actually read a lot of scholarly works saying, um, people would say, if you're not in a city, you're not civilized and therefore right. more or less not human. Right. And so they're trying to bring people into the city, into the city, which, you know, if you read the Bible a lot, that should, you know, throw some alarms off. It's like, well, hold on. Cities are historically not a great right. idea. Then um, it's not that if you live in a city, you know, you're doing the wrong thing. Right. That's right, not no. what we're saying. We're yeah. just saying biblically that was against what God was calling everybody to do. Um, for a long time, at least. Well, yeah, he's like, go and populate and be fruitful and yeah, multiply. Yeah, spread out, yeah. right? And then Genesis 11, we don't want to spread out. Let's build a city. Right, right. It's like, what? You know, Let's build a tower comes down, spreads in that them out city. Anyway, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, so, so you know, that that's definitely a theme that shows up. But yeah. So, yes, that concept is there. Um, and what you mentioned with the monks going out, and that is such a big part of it. They're actually, you know, whether it's St. Christopher or several others, that are like, oh yeah, like he was a dog man, and then he was welcomed into the to the church community, or whatever. And I'm like, what? Did they give him communion? <laughs> and they were, well, <laughs> and mind you, they were like, yeah, no. there were like three or four different versions of the story. I can't figure out which ones. Right. There's, like, I had a, yeah. there's no way to know. Well, they already told us aliens could be part of the church. Oh, don't get me started on that. <laughs> Our space brothers will be more pure than we are, <laughs> and they can baptize us. I'm like, oh dear Lord, help us all. Great. Not okay. What color are they going to add to the? to the flag when the aliens show up that's what i want to i don't know it's a, a new color it'll be something it'll be some strange gray it's, it's just gonna be beige it'll just be gray like the alien gray alien or, or the green it could be green. the glowing yeah, green just, color just for the joke um but those those concepts show up a lot and 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 to their credit it's kind of all over the map yeah you'll have people like saint augustine he talks about these things and he's actually pretty objective i'm not a big fan of Augustine, but to his credit, he's actually pretty objective on this topic. You say Augustine. Are you saying Augustine? You mean the same guy? Yes, Augustine. Okay, sorry. 
uh, also yeah, Augustine. Not a fan forward. of not a fan of Augustine. Yeah. He actually, in my I opinion, I do always say Augustine. He did really bad favor for both the reformers. I mean, he's a darling of the reformers and he's a darling of the Catholics. Yeah. So and when, he and he pushed the Sethite view, which drives me nuts. Yes, he did, and he was a Gnostic. So yeah, there's that. That's a really crazy combination. The Sethite view drives me crazy because it just makes no sense. It was very prevalent. I mean, yeah, for the last for hundreds 50, of years. Well, for the last fifty to sixty years, in oh, especially yeah, it was yeah. being taught in seminaries that way, like yeah. places like Dallas Seminary yeah. and other places like that. Yeah, since since he started really pushing, not that he came up with it, but since he started really pushing that, yeah, yeah, it kind of took over. I literally was just in Spain and I had like a multi-hour long debate with this Bible translator cool. on on this Sethite view. Oh, and wow. he was hardcore for it. He was like, no, man, it's just people. And I'm like, but how does it make sense? I'm whipping out, well, what about Jasher? What about this? Can oh, you, you, know? were, you were debating him? Yeah. And oh. so and so we're talking about, I'm like, well, look at Josephus. Josephus says they were angels. Right. Look at Jude. Look at Peter. They Like, the Bible itself says that they were angels, right? And so yeah. going back Well, the word, and, the translated word is Benai Elohim. Yeah, which is, Elohim. Yeah, which is sons of God. Yep, sons of God. Always before Christians, sons of God were angels. Right. And his argument was, no, that was always Jewish leaders. I'm like, based on what? Right. And the only argument that he that he gave for that was, oh, well, um, he does say, which this happens, he, he does say to, to, to some of the Israelite kings, you will be my son. Right. Right. Which is true, but that's singular, and it's not the phrase, B'nech Elohim. Right. It's not the same thing. It, he doesn't use that word yeah, with them. It's yeah. not the same thing. So... Um, we, yeah, I, I feel like that's important to point out, but that aside, cause we can go down that rabbit trail for yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, St. Augustine, okay. <laughs> Augustine, he says in his book, city of God, book 16, chapter eight, he says, accordingly, it ought not to seem absurd to us that as in individual races, there are monstrous births. So in the whole race, there are also monstrous races, hmm. which is really interesting. Now, you read this whole chapter he goes back and forth and he's essentially like look guys maybe they exist maybe they don't i'm not saying they do yeah right he's very objective about it which i can appreciate um i certainly trying to be (laughs) objective about all this research yeah yeah um but he also you know he goes further he does say but whoever same chapter but whoever is anywhere born a man that is a rational mortal animal no matter what unusual appearance he presents in color movement sound nor how particular, how peculiar he is in some power, part, or quality of his nature. No Christian can doubt that if he springs from that one protoplast, the same account which is given of the monstrous births in individual cases can be given of monstrous races. So his argument was, hey, if these monstrous races exist, which I've never seen them, I don't know, right? Yes, they can be saved. That was his argument. And this argument... It lasted in the Catholic Church for yeah. hundreds of years. Yeah. It was back and forth, and it was popes, and it was bishops, and it was archbishops, and it was abbots, and like, guys, this is written, it's wild. I keep finding more and more documents where all these guys are arguing back and forth. You know, can dogmen, specifically the Sinocephali, the dogmen, that's yeah. the, the Greek word for it, they show up a lot in this conversation. Cyclops yeah. and Sinocephali, for whatever reason, hmm. and they're like, can they be saved? Can they not? Well, what's interesting, the Cyclops, you know, the single eye, right? Yeah. Eye of Horus... Mm. The whole Illuminati, like it still happens. Yeah. Children are born with it. Well, it's yeah, called cyclopia. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's super rare. I've seen that. Very rare. Yeah, 
but I mean, the fact that there's a single eye, like the whole, like, wonder. Yeah, if, the evil symbolism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I have no idea if that's related. I Who wonder. Knows? I mean, I they wonder. may have worshipped him. They may have worshipped that. Maybe the Cyclops were so. Probably know, they they might have been like these evil leaders, and they demanded to be worshipped. Right. I, I think that what we're seeing with all these accounts and guys, there's so much more to go over. Yeah. But if I were to summarize a lot of these points, the pattern that I'm seeing here is the Nephilim were more than just these giants, right? There was a lot more going on. Um, And when we look at everything from the Egyptian mythology to the Greek mythologies, we see all sorts of variants. We see all sorts of different versions where there are these big guys with maybe the head of a jackal or the right. head of, you know, um, a bird yeah. or an alligator, you name it, right? All these crazy creatures, and those were their gods. Yeah. And so I, I really do think that a lot of the gods from before were simply the Nephilim who stood in place and said, actually, I want to be a god, right? Right. Just like all their fathers did. I think that's very likely, given the fact that just simply put, like, it's documented by the Egyptians. Right. Right. They're just like, oh, look, this is our God. They're giants and they have the heads of monsters. Right. Like, if we were to take any anybody from the ancient times seriously, that's what they say happened. Right. That's what they're telling us. Right. But it's only been the last couple hundred years that we've decided, you no, know, actually, we're going to look at everyone's myths. And we're going to call them myths. And we're going to say that myth isn't just history. We're going to say that means it's made up. It's not true. Yeah. It's phony. I think for Americans in particular, Western culture, Mm-hmm. It's even harder. We have become so materialistic. So materialistic. It, and you said your your sister was in India. You know, yeah. <clears throat> you go to any of these third world countries, and spiritually, they are so much more in tune. And there's so many more things that are happening. Um, and <clears throat> you know, I mean, look, I was in Haiti on a missions trip, and in the woods, you know, up in the hills, we heard you know, the witch doctors beating their drums at night, trying to curse us. You yeah. know, and we all got sick. That's wild. We got really, really sick. That's a thing, man. Yeah, for real. It was yeah. spiritual warfare. Absolutely. And, you know, the gospel went out, and it went out way further than just our camp because there was a radio station that we were put on. Mm. It was pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, so I'm an actually internationally known um, speaker by the <laughs> pastor and teacher. It's just a little... Yeah. Just, just a little plug For there. the word there, yeah. You just so you know. <laughs> yeah. I've been heard on radios in Haiti. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I did have... Two more uh, things to read here that I meant to read earlier. Okay, cool. And this kind of, hopefully, maybe we'll bring some of this home. This is by Flavius Josephus, right? Um, this guy's quoted by a lot of pastors. He's yeah. well-known Jewish historian. People take him pretty seriously. Um, what he wrote in Book 1, Chapter 3 on Genesis 6, he says, For many angels of God accompanied with women and begot sons that proved unjust and despisers of all that was good, on account of the confidence that they had in their own strength. For the tradition is that these men did what resembled the acts of those whom the Grecians call giants. So he specifically says, hey, Greek mythology? Yeah. 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 <laughs> he's like, yeah. There's some reality to it. Yeah. And, 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 and he's not saying all of it's real, and neither yeah. am I. But he's saying, yeah, here's the grain of truth right there. These are the demigods. These are the giants that they've mentioned. Yeah. Later on... In book five, chapter two, he says, There were till then left the race of giants who had bodies so large 
and countenances so entirely different from other men hmm. that they were surprising to the sight and terrible to the hearing. Interesting. Yeah. And so when I look at that, I go, okay, here Josephus himself is connecting this to Greek mythologies. He's looking at the giants and he's saying they weren't just big. Yeah. Like they looked completely different from humanity. Well, it totally lines up with the Egyptian mythologies. Yeah. It totally lines up with the Mesopotamian mythologies, the Indian, the, you, you know, you name it. Yeah. Right? These chimeric, demonic and, and creatures. And they're all similar through the different cultures in history, too. Yeah, you can map them. I mean, that's that's an old game. People have been doing that for a long time. Everybody yeah. knows. Even even really, really old things you can read by you know, ancient Greeks, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, that's our god... Over here, you know, Athena is the same one as, you know, here over in, in Egypt. Right. Right. They mapped them. They, they all knew. Or, or Babylon or whatever. Yeah. Right. Right. The Persians. Yeah. Yeah. And through time and, and the Titans are another one, you know, right. and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> Peter makes that connection in so his letter. The big question is, so what? Right. Like, why does this matter? And That's important. So. So why does this matter? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this matters for a lot of reasons. I'm just going to hit uh, four or five okay. <laughs> um, of what, what I think are the biggest reasons. Um, one, and we, we didn't really get to this topic much. We'll talk about it later. But people encounter these things, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there are, you know, Tony Merkel's confessionals. You know, that's a great podcast. You can check that out. People encounter crazy things a lot. And I think it's wrong for us to dismiss them, Right. We're Christians. We should hear them out. Be like, maybe you don't believe them. But yeah. if someone encounters something, maybe it's demonic. Maybe it's a physical creature. I don't know. But if we hear something like that, we should probably just be loving towards them and say, hey, I don't think you're crazy. I think that it's possible. The Bible actually has an allowance for these types of things. And maybe what you saw was real. And, and I want to support you through that, whatever that looks like. Right? Yeah. Be a loving friend to that to that person. I think that's important. I just I don't hear anyone talking about that. Um, we yeah. should be loving anyone who's, who's going through something like that. Another one is, and it's, you know, maybe this sounds a little crazy, but we need to question the historical narrative that's being pushed on us and our children. I feel like that's a big deal. You know, we need to recognize, you know, we look at these, these statements and, and people will say, oh, well, science doesn't agree with that or the historical narrative doesn't agree with that. These are the same guys who are telling you the universe is 75, right. whatever billion. Years. I don't know the number. I'm right. an evolution. It changes all the time. All the time. It's always yeah. different. Who, who's to say? Um, we know our histories are being rewritten. Like, almost no one doubts that, right? We know that that's happening. Um, yeah. But we need to remember that we know that and, and question the fact that, hey, you know, do I want my child to believe, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever, whatever's on, on that list, right? Um, or do I want to acknowledge, hey, we don't know everything. Let's focus on what we know the Bible tells us is real. I'm not saying, hey, tell your kids about monsters. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. not what I'm saying. Right. But what I am saying is um, this topic brings up the importance of history. I think history is really important. We forget where we came from. We run into a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, so my encouragement <clears throat> there is read yeah, <laughs> and let's let's be educated believers, you know, so we can stand firm and have, a, you know, Paul says, prepare defense. Yeah, right. There's a there's a uh, another aspect too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're going to say this or not. Probably. 
Okay. No, no, well, then go, go ahead. I don't no, want to no, cut you, you off. You please. I please. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just agree then. Um, I think we're going to see an uptick. Yeah, that's all I was going to say. That. Okay, yeah. go for it then. Yeah, so <clears throat> we're, as I mentioned, people do say they see these things. Dogman, satyrs, you name it. And people treat them as crazy. I get why. It sounds insane. Right. Totally. Totally sounds insane. Yeah. Um, but these things are, are going up. We're hearing more and more and more of it. It's kind of weird. Why are we seeing and hearing more and more and more of it? You know, I don't, I don't want to be the crazy eschatologist, but we're getting close. Right. <laughs> I don't know how close. And I'm really not the guy who's like, it's three years out. I don't know. Right. I don't pretend to know. Jesus tells me not to try because I'm not going to know. Um, but... We know every day we're closer, and weird stuff is going on right now with the UFO stuff, with, you know, aliens in Miami, all, all this crazy stuff, which, yeah. you know, that's its own topic. But things are getting weird, yeah, but and that, they're going to get weirder. The Miami thing tangent, tangently, tangentially, tangentially uh, <laughs> connects to what yeah. we're talking about because right. <clears throat> they were describing Nephilim. Yeah. A demonic And Jesus creature. said, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the right. coming of the Son of Man. So if if Jesus was right and true, which he is, then there's a likelihood that more of this high strangeness is going to appear and show and, Correct. and be around. Read Revelation. Tell me that's not weird. Yeah. Tell me that's, try to tell me that's yeah, not the what a, weirdest thing you've ever read. The scorpions with the men's face, women's hair. That's a chimera. Right, right. Just straight out of the book. It's, it's right there. <laughs> that's a great point. I didn't think of it as a chimera. I just, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. They just describe. It's a chimeric demonic creature. Wow. Wow. There are a lot of them. I mean, we could spend hours. There are a lot of them in the Bible. It's a thing. Yeah. And so exactly that, as high strangeness continues to increase, we as believers need to say the Bible has the answers. Yeah. This shouldn't, and, and, you know, I worry for a lot of believers who have a weaker foundation. I know a lot of people who are getting shaken up with the UFO stuff. Yeah. Like, oh man, Christianity may not be a thing. And I'm like, no, dude, the Bible totally explains this stuff. Yeah. Right. I think a lot of believers, as they start seeing more physical, you know, call it alien, call it whatever you want, but, oh, look, here's this, you know, physical creature and it's from outer space. Like, I don't think it's from outer space, but I think it is. <laughs> a Nephilim adjacent creature. Yeah. And my biblical worldview tells me that's a possibility. I shouldn't flip out and lose my faith, right? I should say, hey, weird things happen. I don't know everything. Yeah. And the Bible includes this in its worldview. <clears throat> when I got saved, I was big time into aliens. Mm -hmm. Always wanted to see an alien. <laughs> that's funny. I did, just before I, I was saved. Yeah, before I was saved, I loved them. And I remember asking this guy that was discipling me when I first became a Christian, like, hey, what happens if aliens are real? Right. Does that destroy everything? And he's like, well, I guess we would share the gospel with them. <laughs> and I was like, like, have I told you about my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Right. Yeah. In English. Me, 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 me. But uh, no, I, and he was like, yeah, I guess that's what we do. He had never really thought about it. Yeah. But I think there's going to come a time when you're, it's going to be unavoidable um, because it's going to be so much in the forefront of mm -hmm. our culture and our news and mm -hmm. and our lives. I mean, like uh, L.A. Marzulli was saying mm -hmm. a few weeks ago when we had him on, he was like, they ha they're having hearings on Capitol Hill. Yeah. I saw a reel on Instagram. watching them. They're crazy. Yeah, they're insane. It's You listen, you have to be very careful listen to the wording, what they're oh, yeah. saying. And you got to be careful not to read into it either because yeah. you could – 
go off on a weird tangent, but uh, there was a lady that was telling me, um, or no, it was a real. She's a teacher, and they had a they had a what to do in case of an alien invasion, uh, like <laughs> protocol for the for the students. It took a minute to set in. Isn't that crazy? It's insane. Yeah, and she's like, that I can't. She's like, I can't even believe I'm saying this. It's but, like back in the day with the whole like get under your desks, prepare for a nuke. Like that's going to protect you from a nuke. Right. It's like, don't worry kids. That is a, that is a high quality <laughs> that <for> desk. <laughs> that, that Formica desk top. Yeah. <laughs> and those, and that's going to do wonders. Yes. And listen, make sure you put your trapper keeper like <laughs> right over your head. Because, don't forget it. Yeah. Uh, Dude, it's, um, yeah, it's the, the days we're leaving. I think, I know you don't, but I think we're, a lot closer than people understand. Yeah. I think, and obviously we've never been closer than today, right? Because right. yeah, today's all we've got. But I do believe that we're experiencing, um, you know, and Jesus tells us to know the signs, yeah. know the days. They're the birth pains. Yeah. We're certainly in the birth pains. Yeah. At the very least. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking about that the other day too, is that, you know, the birth pains are related to Israel mm-hmm. almost exclusively. Yeah. And what happens when a na- uh, when a baby's born, right? You go into labor, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what happens when a nation is born? Hmm. He goes into labor. Yeah. Right? Think about it. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening. What yeah. yeah. I, I think the heavenlies are rocking. I think that the everybody sees. And then I think about Elijah and his servant when, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, there's no way we'll beat these Philistines, you know, this army yeah. or whoever it was they were facing. and. God opened the eyes of his servant, and he just saw the, oh, that, yeah. the angel armies just <clears throat> That's right. you know around him. Chariots. Yeah. And you're just like, Whatever oh, those were. why are we worried about this? They're yeah. just going to get demolished. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just sit back and let's eat some bread and watch this happen. Right. right? Yeah. That's always been my biggest takeaway whenever I've encountered um, something you know dark and demonic and evil. Every time I walk away, there's a lesson learned. And I'm reminded abundantly, beyond expression, that the Holy Spirit is infinitely more powerful. Yeah. It's just not even a challenge. It's not even a question. Yeah. Which is why, you know, I've come to the point where those things just aren't scary anymore. They're just mm. not. Because I'm like, <laughs> actually, what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, and you should not taunt it. Please do not. Yeah, you don't play with them. You don't sure. do that. Yeah, don't invite them. Don't do play not. with them. <laughs> Please, for everything that is good. Don't do that. Yeah. But... But there should be no fear. We are called to have no fear. Exactly. We're called to that. Yeah. And well, and what goes with that is, you know, we're not called to be ignorant either. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and that's why I think that's another reason why this matters is that we should not be ignorant to the biblical worldview. And this is just a part of it. It just happens to be a part of it. Yeah. Right. That there is more going on than meets the eye. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to the unseen realm. Yeah. Um, you know, pun intended there. Right. In Matthew ten sixteen, Jesus says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Hmm. And thus the, comes the, the famous phrase, So be as wise as serpents and as innocent as doves. And p- people quote that last part all the time. I yeah. Leave out the first part. Right. Like, why would you do that? This is insane. He's telling you something crazy. He's like, oh, by the way, I'm going to send you as a helpless creature yeah, into a pack of wolves. Yeah. So make sure you're wise and make sure you're innocent. Why? Because wisdom's going to direct your path and your innocence, God is going to use that to protect you. And yeah. God will always do that. 
and and also too, you think about wise of ser- wise as serpents. Well, the serpent, right? He's the enemy. Mm-hmm. You got to know gotta, his tactics, exactly. his what he's doing, exactly his plan, and yeah. and not be familiar with it from a point of view of anything <laughs> other than discerning what's real. Yeah, don't experience it. Just yeah, yeah. You don't need to <laughs> yeah. go investigate. Book knowledge. Yeah, not not street knowledge. Preferably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one final takeaway you know, I wanted to put out there is, and I love this so much, from First Peter chapter 3. He talks about the end of days, right? Uh, heaven, earth, it's all going to melt, it's all going to go away. His takeaway, after saying that everything is going to get destroyed, is, so make sure that you are without blemish, you're without sin, and your Lord Jesus Christ finds you at peace. Yeah. I love that takeaway. Yeah, that's awesome. I keep going back to that. So we talk about the end times and people's, people are like, stock your fridge. Right. I'm like, for what? <laughs> like, what am I going to do with the fridge? No offense. Love you guys. But you, but you don't have kids, so I'm just... <laughs> oh, no. No. Okay. That, that's that's just true. No, no. I, I say that. I have like six months worth of food. <laughs> in my, but, but that's because like I'm practical and things happen. And right. I live on a mountain. You know, I could totally get snowed in. So be practical, absolutely. But what Christ is more concerned with above everything else, it's like do your best to be without blemish. Yeah. And do your best to be at peace. Man, if that doesn't hit home, yeah. I don't know what does. Yeah, and you'll be at peace when you're walking in righteousness absolutely. with Christ, you know, when Innocent. avoiding sins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you'll be at peace. So dude, yeah. that's awesome. That this this has been really cool. And, you know, we maybe we can parse this out for another episode later on Sounds or something good. we can dive a little deeper in what are uh where can people find you are you online anywhere or yeah so uh i have a blog um that actually has a lot of these details if you guys want to check it out um it's called project eleazar.com <laughs> okay yeah, it's, it's a long story uh but it's a bible character <laughs> yeah um project eleazar.com i've got a post that's like ridiculously long on the sinusephali uh, the dog guys, and I talk about a lot of these topics that we we just went over. Okay, um, I really emphasize giving exact citations so that you can read along and know exactly what I'm pointing to, and and I'll give links and all that stuff. Yeah. So I'm sick of people who mention something and then give you no proof of it. Right, it drives me nuts. So welcome. That's to where you can find me. <laughs> yeah, we'll put links in the show notes so people can Perfect. link to you. And uh, so, do you think you might ever like write a book or anything or something like that? It's funny you ask. Okay. Yes, I am actually working on a book um, specifically on uh, on the connection with the dog-headed men right now. Okay. Um, I don't know how many I'm going to do. I ended up starting writing that book because I just found literally so much material. Yeah. It was mind-blowing and was like, this blog post is so big, I have to break it down. <laughs> Chapters. Yeah. yeah. I was like, this is a problem. <laughs> so my friends were like, dude, you should just write a book. I'm like, all right, fine. So I'm... I'm I am now that crazy guy who's writing a book yeah. about dog-headed people. Hey, man, this is how it who works. Who saw it coming? Yeah, who no, saw it not coming? Not me. Yeah, well, I never thought I'd be sitting behind a microphone uh, talking about giants ever, <laughs> like in other stuff. But, there you go. There you go. But you know, God has a sense of humor, and he also is, you know, people that are willing to dive into these things. And, and like you, I'm like you, I have a curious mind, like... Mm. I, you know, I used to get in a little bit of hot water when I was a pastor on staff at a church because I would actually explore other theological positions just because mm-hmm. I wanted to know what they believed. Yeah, and they're like, "You don't need to be studying that stuff. This is what we believe." No, and I was that's yeah, the that's, wrong perspective. And I was like, "Well, 
they're in our church and I need to be able to defend. And so it helps me when I know, you know, absolutely. it's like, you know, and that, that happened to me with Calvinism. You know, I started yeah. to explore Calvinism. I had a bunch of friends that converted to Calvinism and everything. And, and I was like on the cusp and, uh, and then things started to sh- appear to me the way that they really are with it. Mm. And so I pulled back from it, you know, but um, I was accused of being a Calvinist. <laughs> I was like, come on, man. He, he's not a Calvinist guy. I'm not a Calvinist. <laughs> no. I mean, it does. I don't care. I don't have to defend to anybody anyway. So it's yeah. not, it's, yeah it's really between me and the Holy Spirit, but, right. but yeah, I think, um, I, I think that when you're curious and you're willing to ju- jump into these things and you prayerfully do it and you, and you do it in such a way that you're, you know, inviting the Lord to help you. Yeah. I think, I think cool things are going to come out of that. Yeah. So when you get that book done, let me know and we'll I come will. back on and we can, you know, we can promote it and talk about it. And, Sounds good. Dude, this has been a great conversation. A lot of fun. Um, a lot of fun, yeah. And I feel like I know cryptids a little bit better, and also I feel like I don't know anything. So <laughs> Many more conversations to come, I'm yeah, sure. I guess something, yeah. yeah. So cool. Well, Seth, thanks for joining us. And uh, as again, guys, um, let me just throw this out there. Seven Weeks Coffee, we have an affiliate with them. Please check out their coffee. Seven Weeks comes from uh, the amount of time it takes for a heartbeat to be detected in a newborn uh, baby. And uh, Seven Weeks Coffee is a pro-life coffee uh, uh, company, and 10% of every sale goes to help the pro-life movement. And as well, it helps the podcast as we underwrite the, the cost for doing things like this, like computers and sound gear. And we want to get we want to get cameras at some point eventually and all these other things. So when you buy coffee from them, not only are you helping to promote pro-life you're also helping this podcast so check out seven weeks coffee use the promo code all out war one word and uh and get 10 percent off on your next coffee order and as always we will catch you next time Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. If you had a blast, then we'd love to have you back for another episode. So please subscribe and leave a review. We love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram at All Out War Podcast or on Twitter at AOWcast. These episodes are also available on YouTube unless they contain a little too much truth. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Hey.